Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Turn with me in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 21. We finally left chapter 20. We're in chapter 21. And uh, tonight we're going to talk about heaven. This is a passage, uh, this passage of scripture uh, deals with a new heaven and a new earth. And, uh, you know, I don't know if people really talk about or think about heaven so much anymore. Um, there was a time when people were doing really poor off during uh, certain parts, portions of our history that people had difficulty with life. Uh, life was hard. Life was difficult. Uh, for some people, even further back, life was near impossible. Uh, and uh, a lot of the the uh, folks who uh, found them themselves enslaved to others, that's one of the things they sang about all the time was heaven, going to heaven, being away from the troubles and the difficulties. Uh, certainly most of us have not had any familiarity with anything anywhere close to uh, those kind of realities for us. Uh, but life was hard for everyone at certain points of our history in, in terms of like uh, the Great Depression and times where people had little to nothing to eat, had little to nothing to be able to care for their family. Uh, people had difficulty and struggles during uh, wartime and, and other times and it seems like in those times when we've been through some of our worst history are the times in which people long to, to, to be in heaven, long to leave this earth and the troubles and the difficulties and the struggles that, that were a part of life and longed for heaven, longed for that time in which we would leave this world and, and our troubles. But it seems as though... Uh, Nowadays, people are more concerned with what they have here and now. Most people don't want to think about dying and death because for a lot of them, they're more interested in the things that they have and whether or not they've got as much as the Joneses down the street have. Or, and if they get things, they want to keep them as long as they can. They want to live as long as they can so that they can enjoy those things longer. Uh, it seems as though we as a society and as a world are more selfish about uh, the things that and more materialistic. And when we uh, really set aside material gains and material things in times of difficulty, when we have no hope of, of getting the materialistic things, uh, we tend to long for heaven. We long for that time in which we will be in the presence of our Lord. And I, I think in times in which our nation has gone through great revival, 
we have reignited that desire to be with God in heaven. Ignited that, once again, that desire to be with God. Heaven is referred uh, to in the Bible some 550 times throughout Scripture. and Heaven is referred here in Revelation some 54 times. The Old Testament Hebrew word uh, is Shemayim. It means the heights. And uh, that is, is the idea of the Old Testament um, people was that the heavens were the uh, high existence place. The place, um, uh, and uh, we'll talk about in just a minute, there's three different heavens that are mentioned. Uh, the New Testament word is Aronis. And that is, uh, it means that which is elevated that which is lifted up, that which is raised up. And by the way, Uranus is uh, derived from the Greek word Uranus, uh, which means is high and lifted up. Scripture uh, delineates three heavens. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 2, Paul says that he was transported up into the third heaven. Well, Paul can't be transported into the third heaven unless there's a first and a second heaven, right? I mean, at least two, uh, two before the third heaven. And I'm going to share with you what the thought was about the three heavens. Uh, but Paul was taken to the third heaven where God dwells. The first heaven in Scripture is referred to as uh, and what we would consider the atmosphere. Everything where uh, everything is and uh, the Bible talks about uh, uh, like birds and things that fly through the air is flying through the heavens. Uh, so the first heaven is the atmosphere, the world around us uh, upon the earth, everything that is the air. Uh, we wouldn't consider that heaven. And in, in our modern understanding, it, it would be more uh, considered part of the earth rather than the heavens. But uh, in the minds of those uh, during the times of Scripture, uh, the first heaven would be uh, those that atmosphere around the earth. The second heaven is where the heavenly bodies uh, reside. That's where the sun, the moon, the stars, all the planets all the uh, things that are out in the cosmos, we would uh, the Bible refers to that as the second heaven. Uh, again, we would consider that part of creation and not part of actual heaven, but the third heaven is what you and I would think of in terms of heaven. That's the place in which God dwells, as I mentioned before. That is the place in which uh, we all uh, think of when we think of in heaven in, in our own Mind. So, where is heaven? Well, I mean, uh, a lot of people wonder where heaven is, especially as uh, for, throughout ancient history, a lot of people uh, without an understanding of, of space and understanding of the cosmos, understanding of the universe, people thought heaven was just beyond where they could see at night, you know, and of course, some people during that time before uh, discoveries were made and before uh, the ability to see out into space uh, thought that the sky at night was like a paper uh, draping over the, the, uh, the earth. Uh, but uh, we, of course, know that 
that space is beyond our atmosphere and so so where where would heaven be heaven would be beyond that it'd be in a different location the bible says it's a physical place people live uh leave this world and people have physical bodies and elijah was uh taken in uh First Samuel, he was taken to uh, by a fiery chariot to heaven to be with God. Uh, Enoch in Genesis is said to have walked uh, upon the earth one day and then uh, God took him uh, uh, as he was walking with God. And so God took Enoch, his physical body and, and physical body of Elijah uh, were in a place uh, called heaven. Jesus in his glorified body uh, was resurrected and he went uh, physically from this earth and he said that he was going to be with the Father in heaven. And uh, in Scripture we read about the saints who Jesus says in uh, John chapter 14, He says, I go to prepare a place for you and where I am there you will be also. And so there's a physical place in which it is heaven in which we will go and we will be with God in heaven. Uh, in fact, Jesus, uh, the parable talks about uh, Lazarus and the rich man uh, being uh, upon the earth and dying one day and then uh, the rich man looking up and seeing uh, Lazarus in, the, uh, in Abraham's bosom, which is uh, a euphemism for in the present uh, in. Uh, what we would consider heaven. So it is a physical place, a place in which uh, Jesus speaks of, and who who better to talk about it than one who's been there? Uh, so it is a physical place. Uh, the Bible talks about it being up. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, uh, John says that he is taken into heaven and God... Uh, says to him, or, or uh, it says a, a, a loud uh, thundering voice says, "Come up here." In Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verse one through four, Paul says that he is taken up into heaven. So it's up. It's that's about as descriptive of a place as we can talk about. It's not here. It's up. It's away from here. Well. How far do we have to go before we get to heaven? Well, the moon is uh, 211,463 miles away. So it'd have to be further than the moon. Uh, if you talk about other uh, 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 celestial bodies within our universe, Jupiter is 367 million miles away. So it'd be further than that. Saturn is 790 million miles away, so it'd be further than that. Alpha Centauri is 20 billion light years away. That's the closest star to us other than our sun. The North Star is 400 billion light years away. It's a bit further still. Uh... Bella Goose is another star. It's 880 quadrillion miles away. So it's, it, heaven would be further than any of those and probably much further than, than we can even imagine. But yet, how long does it take us to get there? Well, Jesus, while He was hanging on the cross, said to the thief, 
Well, in a thousand years you'll be with me in heaven? No. He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Today, meaning after he died, he would be with Jesus Christ in paradise. The Bible talks about us uh, being absent from the body is to be present with the Lord if we're a saint, if we're a child of God. The Bible also talks about in the in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we'll go from here to there to be with God when He returns to take us home. So, uh, it would be instantaneous for us to get there. So what is heaven like? Well, heaven is described by a lot of different things. It's described as brilliant. It's described as shining, as blazing. It, uh, a lot of the illustrations and the things that we think about when we think about heaven, just think of heaven right now. While you're thinking, uh, one of the first things that came comes to mind is what? Well, probably the streets of gold or the pearly gates or the mansions. We think about maybe relatives and family that we've lost before us. Maybe people that we've loved, uh, people that we admire, desire to see again. All those things are things that we think of when we think of heaven. It, 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 it's described in God's Word as, as glorious light and having full of jewels. Well, that's the old heaven, I'm sure, that we're thinking about. What about the new heaven? Look at Revelation chapter 21. It says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and they were no more. There was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And He will dwell with them and they shall be His people and God Himself shall be with them and be their God. So uh, in a little bit of time that we have left, in the one minute we have left, I'm going to <laughs> uh, talk about all the things about this. Uh, these We'll probably have to go over this a little bit more. But first of all, He says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and all things were passed away. So what we have here is the first of the appearance. So we, we need to realize if we back up and look at the previous chapter, what was happening. We talked about it for weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, is that Satan and all of his followers, all those who followed after Satan, all those who rejected God, all those who uh, did not desire to to take a hold of God's uh, promised salvation. Everyone that desired to do their own thing, to live their own life, they were what? They were thrown into the lake of fire. An all-consuming place where there's no escape. A place uh, that they were consigned after being before God at the great white throne judgment. It says in uh, the last chapter, in chapter 12, that all the dead, the small and great, they all stand before God. These are the ungodly. 
And the books were opened and they were judged. Even the sea gave up those who were in it, and death and hell was delivered up. And they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, and this is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So all the ungodly, all those who were not part of God's family because of forgiveness, because of God's uh, grace, because of God's mercy, all those who rejected salvation, those who did not desire to have Christ live within them, they all were cast into the lake of fire. So all of them are, are gone. Then in chapter 21, he says that everything else was gone. A new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. Meaning everything that was part of, of our life before the tribulation, before any of this happened, it was erased by God. It was removed by God. It was destroyed by God and, and God took it all away. And in fact, what I feel like, it's a, it's a symbolic way of saying everything that might have been tainted by sin, had any exposure to sin, anything that had anything related to sin, gone. God took it away. God destroyed it. God removed it. And so there is no more. And it says here, the very first verse says, and I saw, boy, we, we've seen that phrase time and again, haven't we? And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. It says in other places, uh, John says, I saw an angel. I saw this and I saw that. And every time we have gone over Scripture that starts out with, and I saw by John, it, it is a tectonic change, a, te- uh, a, a dramatic change shift in everything that's happening and that's exactly what's happening here everything that was once a part of creation god says no more it's all taken away and in that moment before a new heaven and new earth we would be the closest to what it was like before god said let there be light before genesis 1 because there will be nothing but God, and of course there'll be all of us, there'll be all those who've uh, followed after God. And, and, very, and, and every similarity, it would be like God with His angels before He created all that is. And it says that God will create a new heaven and a new world. Isaiah chapter 65 verse 7 says uh, a similar thing that Isaiah saw. Let me get over there. Isaiah 65. It'd help if I had my glasses on so I can read too. Isaiah 65, towards the end of the book of Isaiah, verse 17 says, For behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, 
nor come into mine. But be ye glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing and her people a joy. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem. So uh, Isaiah is referring to this new heaven and new earth. In chapter 66, verse 22, he refers to it again. He says, uh, For as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain. So, this has been spoken of before in the old times during Isaiah's time. It's brought out here in, in John's vision as he sees this new heaven and new earth. Uh, what, let's look at this for a moment. It says it's new. Now, the word here is not the word uh, typically used for new. That word is neos. That is a typical word in Greek that is used for new. It means the opposite of old. But the word here is not nuos that you would expect. It is uh, kainos. It means something different than nuos. In fact, it means exactly that. It means new in quality, something different, fresh. No longer the same is what uh, kainos means. It means completely different, of a new quality. And that's exactly how John is describing heaven. It is different distinctively. In fact, he says there's no more sea. There's no more uh, uh, sea that... And if you remember, you go back to the beginning of Revelation when John sees God in heaven. He says there's a sea, a crystal sea that leads up to the throne of God. And he says, there's no more sea. It's different. It's, it's distinctively different. And he says, not only that it is new and it has no sea, but he says, he says, and I, John, saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So there's a new, it's a new, Jerusalem as well. Not only is there a new heaven, there's a new Jerusalem. Now, in effect, there's been three Jerusalems in Scripture. You have the historic Jerusalem that began to be a part of uh, Israel after uh, David uh, conquered uh, uh, the city that would, would become Jerusalem as the city of David where he would set up his, uh, his kingdom, his throne. Uh, it uh, is the historic Jerusalem, the Jerusalem of Jesus' day, the Jerusalem uh, that the people of Israel understand and know, that historical Jerusalem. There's a second Jerusalem, that's the millennial Jerusalem that is mentioned in Scripture during uh, the millennial reign of, of Jesus Christ. It is a different Jerusalem because God has changed and transformed that city during the tribulation, it's no longer the same as it once was, and it is considered holy during the millennium because why? Because Jesus will reign from that city. And so it is distinctly different from the historic Jerusalem. And this third Jerusalem is the New Jerusalem, it is uh, the capital of everything. Jesus, uh, it says here, John says, uh, 
I saw a new Jerusalem coming down from uh, God out of heaven prepared as uh, a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice say, uh, out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people, and God shall be with them and be their God. So this is where God will dwell with mankind. Now, remember, we talked about tabernacle being the place in which God dwells with man. As mentioned in the Old Testament as uh, with Moses and the Israelites as where they would uh, have a presence of God with them as they traveled. And Jesus talks about uh, tenting with mankind when he comes and, and as a, when he came as a, as a man. And so it's God with us. And, and John says this is a new Jerusalem because this is uh, holy because God Himself will dwell with mankind. Jesus will, uh, God will live us, uh, there with us. Uh, uh, again, Jesus says, I go to prepare a place. And remember we talked about it being like uh, uh, the bride and groom and He uses that illustration here. Uh, he goes to prepare a place that we would dwell with Him and He with us. Uh, and it says here that, that this new Jerusalem is from God. It is something that God prepares for us, a place in which God allows us to dwell with Him. It is a part of our existence with God for all eternity. And, and as Isaiah said, it will endure, it will remain, it will be uh, for all eternity afterwards. Uh, it is a place that is made for us. And, of course, the supreme person that we uh, need to talk about is the fact that uh, God is with us. God will be there and, and we will dwell with God. It says uh, it is the tabernacle of God and it is with men. He will dwell with them. It is a place in which we will dwell with God. That's a wonderful feeling. That's a wonderful thought. If nothing else... When we think of heaven, instead of thinking of pearly gates, instead of thinking of streets of gold, heaven's not going to be heaven because we have a, a great mansion or that we'll even be able to be with family as much as we long for that time in which we'll be with, with them, that we'll be reunited with people that we love. Heaven really is all about us being with God. Here's the thing. You've got people that are ungodly. They'll be placed in the lake of fire, a place where God is not. And the, alternative, uh, the other uh, side of that is, is that heaven is a place where God is. And so our eternity is gauged by whether or not we're going to spend it with, with God or with, without God. That's, that's the difference. Uh, heaven is being with God. It's not about uh, a great mansion and, you know, being a, a kid of a certain age. Uh, whenever I thought as a kid about being in heaven, I always thought of mansions like the one on Beverly Hillbillies and seeing, you know, thinking about, well, oh my goodness, uh, you know, we got a mansion that has a bunch of rooms and got got the uh, 
fancy eating room with the long pot stickers and uh, where you can hand the pots down the... It was the billiard room, but uh, they didn't know. in the cement pond where you could go lay beside the the pond and swim with the critters and all that kind of stuff. That was that was the image of the mansions in heaven that the Bible talks about. But it's it's not about the mansions. It's not about the streets of gold. It's not about the pearly gates. It's not about the walls of jasper. It's not about all of those things. It's about being with God. That's heaven. Being once and for all with the one who loved us so much. He sent His Son to die for us. And to, to endure the hardship and the, and the agony of taking sin upon Himself that we might have a relationship with God, to be with God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit in one place, to be with them. That's heaven. And that is what we need to think of when we think of heaven. We'll get into more detail as we go on. Let's join together for prayer. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we thank You for Your great love and we praise You that You give us the opportunity to, to dream about that day in which we will be in Your presence, that we uh, will be all consumed with not a, of our surroundings, of, uh, of the opulence of anything or even those who've gone before us, but we'll be consumed by our praise and worship of the mighty King of kings and Lord of lords, the One who died for us, the One who saved us, the One who loved us so much to send His Son for us, the One who kept us and sealed us to that glorious day when we'd be with You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.